0: you break thanks for joining us wherever you're at today And I know Jesus your mercy never fails me in all my days I am held in your hands from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head and I will see of the goodness of God sing it again I love you Lord. Your mercy never fails me In all my days I am held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay in my head And I will sing of the goodness Sing all my life It's all about it's all about this heart of worship that we have for you lord because of how you love how great you are even in the midst of the unknown that you are present that your love is strong for us that you are mighty for us that even as your word says right now you are interceding you are praying for us so lord god we thank you for that we love you lord we submit to you and we're ready for what you have for us So in your mighty name, we all say amen. Father, we thank you. Wherever you're at, just give him some praise this morning. Thank you, Father.
1: Thank you, worship team. That was awesome. Hi, New Break family. We are so glad that you are joining us today on Facebook Live or via uh, our website. We're glad that you're here. We get the privilege this weekend of joining together with all of our campuses right now uh, online. And so I want to encourage you uh, as you're online that we just get to virtually connect this way that uh, while you're watching, you can comment in the comment box. Uh, When other people log on, you can say hi to them. Uh, One of the things I want to encourage you to do is you can download Download a message outline at newbreak.church forward slash weekend. Also, if you have a prayer request, you can put that prayer request online, or even if this is your first time, you can connect by filling out one of our online connection cards. We thought it would be great at New Break if we uh, would hear from our lead pastor, uh, Mike Quinn, and so all of our New Break campuses right now are joining us online for this experience. Now, Pastor Mike is not only our lead pastor, but he helps to oversee our five campuses here in San Diego County, and so he has a very timely and fantastic message you're going to hear this morning, which is how is it that uh, we follow God's plan even in the face of the unknown? And so I want to just take a minute uh, before we hear from him and just kind of update you for a minute about the current COVID-19 crisis that we're living through. Obviously, what started around the world has come to our doorstep here uh, today, and it's come close to home. Uh, Every morning, as you know, even this morning, you uh, woke up and heard on the news just new information, and so it's ever-changing ever And uh, sometimes that can be cause for concern. And so we just want you to know that as you're seeing schools canceling and events canceling, people stockpiling up on supplies, that, uh, you know, God's in the midst of all this. And at New Break, our leadership team has worked really hard to just monitor the situation closely and to be able to, uh, you know, come up with ways in which we can respond appropriately to keep our communities safe. And so moving forward, we're going to be having our services online, and this is a practical way that we at New Break can help, uh, you know, not, you know, the possible spread of coronavirus, that we can help uh, not make that happen in a bad way, and so this is why we're doing this. I want to encourage you with this, that what we need in this time is facts and not fear, and as Christ followers, you and I are called to prayer and not to panic, And so, I just wanna encourage you with those words. Uh, Now, if we were meeting together in person right now, we would be going into uh, what we call our generosity moment. This is a time where we um, return our tithes and we give to kingdom builder offerings to change uh, not only what's going on locally, but around the world with our partners and to just bring the gospel all around the world. Uh, if you were here two weeks ago, you heard from Todd Phillips, the CEO of The Last Well. And this is a project that we're a part of, Water Projects. And if you were here, you remember our goal was to raise $57,000 to give to our water projects to literally bring life to the country of Liberia and to Fiji through clean drinking water and the gospel. And so we asked you over the past two weekends to give towards that. So the goal was 57000 Can I just tell you, you guys crushed it. You killed it. In fact, today, you have given, we all have given, $98,100 towards the project And so I just want to let you know that we wrote the checks. We sent the money out last week, every dime of it. We said that everything that comes in, all of it will go out to the water projects. And we, in fact, have done that. So New Break, you guys are awesome. I just want you to know you're changing the world through your generosity. So thanks for doing that. Now, listen. I know an usher isn't gonna come to your door right now and knock on the door to receive your tithes and offerings, so I just wanna encourage you that as you're watching this, uh, that you can give online. For many of you, that is, uh, you do that already. You give on our online platform. If that's not something you've done, I just wanna encourage you that it's safe, it's secure. Uh, you can go set up an account and do that. Uh, also, you can always mail a check to New Break at our uh, address that's on our website. So I wanna pray and just take a minute Uh, as you get ready to give your tithes and offerings, and just to pray for Pastor Mike as he gets ready to come up here and give the message. So join with me in prayer. Father, we come to you, and we are so thankful, God, that you are a God that is our rock, our secure place, that even in the midst of all that's going on, Lord, you're with us. And so we pray for those that have been affected by this virus, God. We pray for healing and health We pray for those that are older and maybe have respiratory problems, that God, you would help them in this time, that you would bring healing to the world, God. So we invite you into that. Lord, help us as a church to do our part to stand up in the midst of this, to offer a beacon of light, a beacon of hope, to be able to connect people to you. And so, Lord, we pray for your wisdom, your strength, your patience. We pray, God, for faith, in what you're going to do, in Jesus' name, amen.
2: Our existence is defined by the resistance, by opposition, opposition that pulls us down, opposition that stops us cold, by a labyrinth of obstacles standing in our way, over and over and over. We are told, no, not you, not enough, not now, not ever. We can transcend resistance. This world can be overcome. It's been done before by a man who changed time itself. A man who looked death in the face and said, no, he's the beginning and he will be the end. He knows your name and he has the power to change your life. His love for you is relentless. His love for you is powerful. His love for you will never end, ever. This is the message. This is the truth. This is the gospel. It's the love of God, and it's unstoppable.
3: It is unstoppable, and you and I are unstoppable, especially as it relates to the things of the Spirit and how He works in us and through us. Because without Him, we're just a mess. Uh, Thank you for being online with us this weekend. Things are changing rapidly. Thank you, Pastor Robert and your team for all your fine leadership and helping us navigate all this and figuring out what our next steps are. And and I'm just so appreciative of all you guys and what you've done. What Pastor Robert shared with regard to Kingdom Builders is just legit. Wherever you are, wherever you are sitting, you should give yourselves a hand for raising $98,100 in the midst of this chaos I mean, you know, the coronavirus was happening, right, and yet we gave, and yet we made a change in the world, and that's what this weekend is about, is no matter what's happening with the coronavirus, it's how you and I learn to follow God's plan, especially in the face of the unknown, because there's just a lot of unknown right now. Schools are shutting. March Madness got canceled, for crying out loud. I mean, NBA is shut down. It's crazy, right? Right? And we need to be praying, like Pastor Robert said praying, standing in faith, not fear, prayer, not panic, and leading well. But the only way we can lead well is if we figure out how to follow God's plan, especially when all the details aren't in front of us. Now, many of you know, some of you don't, that I have a whole uncertainty thing in my life that's happening right now because I have cancer again. So I have prostate cancer and it's exaggerated or made more complicated by a bladder condition I have called IC interstitial cystitis. Those of you who attend New Break at Tierra you kind of know a little bit more about this, but for all of you, it's a, it's a very difficult disease that's in my bladder, and it complicates the way that they're going to deal with my prostate uh, cancer. And so I went up for a surgical consult last uh, Monday, Uh, up at USC, which was amazing, and I challenged my whole campus to be praying for that event because I wanted to lead well even though things were uncertain, and I wanted to see this experience as a missional opportunity to meet one of the most famous doctors in the world. His name is Dr. Gill. He's in America's top doctors for 10 years running. He's a urologist, and he's a surgeon, and he wants to perform what is called a radical cystectomy, a radical cystectomy. You can Google that, but... It basically is uh, where they're going to take my bladder out, my prostate out, throw them away, cut my bowel, make a bladder out of my bowel called a neo bladder or a bowel bladder, and hook everything back up, and poof. <laughs> And there I am. <laughs> so all this uncertainty in my life, but I knew I got one shot at Dr. Gill. And all, many of you guys have been praying for me, and I, it happened last Monday. I actually met two super famous doctors. The first one's name was Dan Park. And I walked into this meeting with Dan, and I didn't know what his spiritual condition was. I didn't know what was going on in his life. And he was asking me all these questions about my symptoms and everything. And, and then I began to pick up kind of language in him that sort of made me suspicious that maybe maybe you're a Christ follower. And so, which, by the way, is a great challenge to all of us in all of what we are doing in our ministries, to use language that will sort of out our faith. Not directly, he just, he just talked, he mentioned the word prayer, he mentioned the word faith in our conversation. Anyway, come to find out he's a total rad Christ follower, and it was just an awesome, awesome experience. And then I asked him about Dr. Gill's spirituality and found out in that context that Dr. Gill is a Sikh uh, Indian. He's from India, and he's a Sikh. And so, uh, you know, I just was wanting to see, you know, how to minister to him because I was going to meet him next. And the coolest thing ever happened. Uh, and, and the doc, Dr. Dan, in front of me, he said, hey, and he started calling me pastor, by the way, because he found out what, we, what I do, what we do together. He found out about what we're doing in Liberia and in Fiji. He couldn't believe all the stuff we're doing. Anyway, he started calling me Pastor Mike. So at the end, he says, hey, Pastor Mike, would it be okay if I pray with you? Isn't that awesome? I mean, you're going in there for a surgical consult, and the doctor says, Can I pray with you? And it's all about this. It's all about learning how to follow God's plans in the unknown. Now, to go with me in your Bibles, we're going to be in Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, and we're going to look at this really amazing story about a eunuch from Africa, Ethiopia specifically, and one of the early followers of Jesus named Philip okay and he's what's happening in the scene that right before is the first martyr stephen gets stoned killed for his faith and what has been called the diaspora begins at this point the church gets scattered all over the world and it's very fascinating because as this happens the key character of the story we'll see in just a second he actually goes to where jesus said to go in acts chapter 1 verse 8 before he ascends into heaven he says you're going to be my witnesses in jerusalem and Judea, and what was next? Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth, okay? So he goes to Samaria. Let's read it. Acts chapter 8, verse 4. Those who had been scattered, notice, by the way, they preached the word wherever they went. This is you in the midst of chaos. Now, their chaos, their uncertainties, they're getting persecuted, and they're literally getting scattered across the world. But they go preaching the word wherever they went, Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard that Philip uh, heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, he was doing all kinds of miracles, they uh, all paid close attention to what he said. No kidding, right? So would I. <laughs> and then Luke says, "For with shrieks impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed." Imagine this scene. Imagine seeing this happening in Samaria. So there was great joy in that city. Uh, as you can well imagine, right? So joy kind of percolates as a result of it. Now skip down to verse 26. Verse 26 says, now here you have an angel again. Notice how common angels are in the New Testament period. And as I said last week, angels are a part of our existence all the time. We just don't often know and see and understand what they're doing. So, but they are involved in our lives. There's a whole biblical theology with regard to angels. But an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So this is uh, down south of Jerusalem. There's a road that navigates still to this day, goes down and then goes ultimately out to the Gaza Strip. So he starts out, and on his way, he meets an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all of the treasury of Kandake, uh which means queen of the Ethiopians. So he would be kind of like our secretary to the treasury. Our secretary of the treasury would be this guy, this Ethiopian eunuch. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, so you find out right away that he's some sort of proselyte to Judaism. So he goes to temple, he makes visits to to worship God, Yahweh, our God, the God of the Old Testament, God the Father, okay? And on his way home, he's sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet, and then the the Spirit, notice, the Spirit tells Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near it. Now, some of you check out right there when it comes to following God in times of uncertainty because you sort of make Philip into a superhero or something like that, and you put yourselves down. The Spirit of God is just as interested in leading you and me as he is Philip in the passage. The point of the Acts of the Apostles and the Acts of the Holy Spirit is for us to see the life that God calls us to. The problem is, the problem is we have to make sure that we're listening. When God's speaking, We have to listen. We have to pay attention. We have to hear his voice. And even when he calls an audible, obviously in this case, God calls an audible. Uh, You know, Philip then goes down the road to Gaza and comes upon this Ethiopian eunuch, this incredibly powerful person. And that's what the angel says to him, go south. God just calls an audible. It's kind of like in the history of New Break. A lot of you don't know this story, but in the history of New Break, we started in 1986 in La Jolla with a group of, of 12, 13 of us, I guess. We'd grown over the years and, you know, shrunk over the years. We had about 60 people in 1994. Everybody always asked me how we came to Tierra Santa. And this is how it happened. God called an audible. He began telling us that we needed to move and plant ourselves somewhere else, somewhere where we were actually better at reaching, where God was calling us to. But We didn't know where that was, so we began to do a prayer research kind of project, if you will, on who we were as a community of believers. There were 60 of us in our core, kind of like a church planting perspective. You build your core and then you launch with the core. Anyway, so... uh you know, we began doing research on who we were, who were we good at reaching, and we began to do demographic and spiritual work on where we are, where are we, and we kept praying about it, and God kept drawing us to the 1552 cross, and that's how we came to Tierra Santa. Even Farb Middle School, which is the middle school in which we first met in Tierra Santa, God opened all those doors, and we believed that he was calling audibles all the way, and he opened those doors, and that's how we got into that school. It was all a God thing, and it was especially in the context of audibles, because you don't always know. you got to listen. you got to pay attention. So how do I know? How do you know if it's the Lord speaking to us in the midst of the noise and the unknown? How do we know? And it's, it's a discipline to hear His voice. It's, it's, a, it's a way of life. Um, maybe if you're a parent, you can kind of get it, because when you have your kid on a playground, a public playground, and there's tons of kids and all the noise, right? But if your kid screams or your kid like calls out or something you all the noise you hear your kid's voice this is how god wants us to hear our, his voice our father's voice okay so these are just some things to help you with that, like how to discern it so that, you know, you can kind of have confidence in what God's doing. Like it has to align with Scripture, obviously. You always get wise counsel, confirmation through the community of believers, other Christ followers. This is why your life groups are so important, especially in this time when we're, you know, dealing with the coronavirus, your life group becomes all the more important for you, okay? Uh, Open and closed doors, obviously. We had a lot of open doors happen to us with regard to Tierra Santa, coming into Tierra Santa. The Holy Spirit's voice, and then watch and listen for God's next step. Like, and this is why your devotions are so important, is constantly learning to listen to God, like listening to Him in the morning before your day comes at you. I have a book that I haven't shared in a long time uh, with the church in terms of, uh, like, I often uh, talk about my friend Mark Batterson's book. Uh, called Whisper, which is a great book on the subject of hearing God. This is an older work. Uh, Some of you may or may not be familiar with it, but it's called Experiencing God from uh, the Blackbees and uh, Claude King. They all wrote this book, an incredible book on how to hear the voice of God. And then once you hear, you have to take like spirit-led bold steps, like courageous steps, especially in the midst of the fear and a lot of the panic, quite frankly, that's happening all around San Diego and really around the world. This is where Christ followers, because we're led by the Spirit, get to come to play. In the midst of the chaos, we lead. We lead. We take actions that are bold. And you know, Philip has to do this—like go to that chariot and stay near it. Right? That would be intimidating, especially because he's getting persecuted for his faith. Right? I mean, that's just the way it is. And you know, Mark Batterson, in his book, he says this on whisper. He says, "Is God's voice the loudest voice in your life?" that's the question. If the answer is no, that's the problem. Whoa. How how loud is the voice of God in your life? And how are you putting yourself in a place to hear His voice? And what are the voices you're listening to? You always want to hear God in and through anybody, even people who don't know God or don't know Jesus. For example, in New Break's story, Uh, there was a man that we came to know and and, uh, we kind of became BFFs. His name was Irv Winehouse. He was an older Jewish man, uh, very committed to Judaism, kind of like even in the story, really. Um, And God brought us together. He owned the mall in which our Tierra Santa campus is. And Irv You know, he couldn't figure me out because he was used to rabbi world, rabbi world, they make a lot of money, Uh, you know, I was always broke and always asking him for things and stuff like that, and anyway, he just, uh, God just brought us together, and Irv was actually the genesis of the idea of buying this mall. I didn't really know mall economics. I didn't really understand the wisdom of that at that point in my life. And my first response to Irv was, what are you talking about? How could I possibly buy this mall? How could we as a church buy this mall? And he said, and he taught me the economics of tenants and leasing. And he talked to me about the power of that in light of mortgage and how to handle it and how to deal with it. And it was a turning point in our church history. Uh, at this time, we were only one campus, we were growing like crazy, and it just became a serious answer to prayer. Then, of course, the church rallied and gave sacrificially, and then we had a mall with tenants in it, which was super, super cool. But it was only because I put myself in a place of listening for God's voice, listening for His voice, and then engage in the opportunities that God presents. God's always presenting us with opportunities. There's, it's like constant. It's just that I tend to fly by them at the speed of Mike. <laughs> Look at the story. Look at the story. Verse 30. So Philip runs up to the chariot, and here's the man reading the prophet Isaiah. Do you understand what you're reading, Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him in the chariot. Okay? This is the passage of Scripture the eunuch was reading. And this is from uh, Isaiah 53. Okay, very precious, beautiful passage about the Messiah. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. And then the eunuch asks Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? That's a great question. Himself or someone else. And then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. The good news about Jesus. I mean, this is just a serious opportunity. But I'm telling you guys, in this context of of the coronavirus and all that, there are going to come all kinds of missional opportunities. We don't necessarily know what they are yet, but God's going to show us. The key is for us to listen and then engage, engage in them, and obey them immediately. Obey them immediately, like when God speaks jump, boldness, and a lot of us get caught because we're afraid of failure. Like we think, oh, I don't want to make a mistake, whatever. Listen to me. God doesn't really care so much about your failures and your, you know, how you say things wrong or whatever. Just do it. Just obey. Just run up to the chariot. Run up to the chariot. Last weekend, I talked about the power of divine appointments, how divine appointments are happening all around us all the time. And we get to choose. We get to choose either appointments or divine appointments. Like my meeting with the surgeons on Monday, it was either an appointment or it was a divine appointment. And mission, keeping mission central in my life, listening to God, that's the key to it. Divine appointments is the deal. This, a great quote, spiritual maturity is shown by the time it takes between me hearing what God's calling me to do and me obeying, right? That's the gap. And divine appointments, by the way, have a timing to them. They often pass quickly uh, where you, don't, you just miss it. Uh, like a doctor appointment, a ca- casual conversation with somebody in a line at a grocery store because they're storing up toilet paper or whatever. Like they happen kind of quickly, okay? So you, you just have to be on it. You just have to, you just have to be... Kind of aware, if I could put it, on a constant basis. So will I obey God's prompts? Even when I don't know the whole plan. I don't know all the answers that maybe they're going to need during this conversation. And so we tend to fall backward into fear rather than leaning forward into faith. We feel like we have to know everything. We don't have to know everything. You just have to know what the Holy Spirit tells you to say. Um, uh, Will I obey God's prompts? Even when He wants me to focus on the people that I'd rather avoid maybe that's you, (laughs) even when he calls me out of my comfort zone. Listen, he's going to call all of us out of our comfort zone all the time, but that's where faith lives. In fact, if you listen to Todd uh, Phillips' uh, message that was at all of our campuses, uh, I guess it was two weeks ago, you heard Todd talk about this. This is where the joy comes from. It's about being missionally engaged in God's will dynamically all the time. That's where the joy comes from. And especially when we're outside of our comfort zone. Think about it. If I don't need enough faith to live outside my comfort zone, what, what am I doing? Like, like, do you need Jesus to live the life you're living? How, how, how on the edge of faith are you? Because this is happening live, you guys. Everybody's going to be scared. Uh, even when his plan doesn't make sense in the moment, right? <laughs> even when it, it doesn't make any sense. And right now that's happening globally, okay? Globally. It's, it's all over the place. <laughs> and learn the art of asking good questions to share his truth. He, you know, he's asking questions. It's, it's very good what he's doing. Do you understand what you're reading? That's a great question in the context. And then, you know, the eunuch says, How can I unless somebody explains it to me? And so he invites, it all comes out of questions. And so I was thinking about this week and praying about it and equipping you guys with regard to questions. So I just came up with a whole list of questions. Um, and I don't believe these are in the outline. They may be in the outline, but just a whole bunch of them. Like, what did you do over the weekend? Classic after-the-weekend conversation starter. And, you know, you ask them, they ask you, and you you just lace in that you went to church online, uh, and then they'll be like, what? What do you mean you went to church online? They could explain it to them, then they could go online, and there's just a whole bunch of them. Uh, can I pray for you? Like Dan, Dr. Dan, the guy that I met in the meeting before I met Dr. Gill, that was his deal. Can I pray for you? Um, you can... Different questions are you know, applicable in different ways. I also put this one, are you worried about the results of uh, the coronavirus? That will be a live issue in everywhere. Um, you know, and then, like, you could eclipse it into then, can I pray for you about it, you know, about your fear? Is there anything I can do to help? Is there anything I can do to, you know, help you uh, with regard to what you're worrying about? It's just questions. The art of asking good questions, super, super powerful. Philip's doing it in in Acts 8. And then trust the Spirit to be our guide. Look, here's the deal. He guides me. I guide, in the case of my medical deal, I, I guide the doctor. But he, he, I have to have him guiding me, okay? Just like in, in Philip's world, he runs up to it. He hears him reading. He says he asks the question, and then the eunuch says, "How can I unless someone guides me? This is your ministry." Essentially, you could swap out the word guide for disciple. This, our goal is to disciple, our, you know, in our vision frame, right? Our goal, goal is to raise up Christ-centered leaders who changed their world, like to develop them. You put the word develop. So all of this. Jesus said it. Jesus said the, the spirit of truth, he's going to come and he's going to guide you into all truth. Why do you want truth? Just for you? Again. Philip needs truth, but the Ethiopian needs truth. Your friends need truth. The people around you that are on your street need truth. They need guidance. They need help. They they need help to what to do. So what makes a good guide? Well, a good guide is conversational, both asking questions and sharing insights. A good guide is willing to slow down where the person needs, don't give them... you know, resources or something they're not even asking for. Fine. listen well, listen long. A good guide is inspired by what he or she shares, and a good guide knows the goal. You keep your eyes on the goal. And when you do all of this, when you live missionally like this, like I, I, I can you imagine how stoked Philip is? Like, he's just like blown away by it all. And then when you do this, there's the joy. You get to party. How many of you like a good party? I love party. That's wonderful. I want to party all the time. I believe heaven is going to be party central. It's going to be awesome. Look at the story. Look at the Bible. Look at what happened. So they're traveling along in the chariot, which would just be cool. Philip's in a chariot with this very powerful Ethiopian guy, Secretary of Treasury. Traveling along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? So what does this presuppose? That's right, it presupposes that Philip had shared the whole gospel with him and where baptism plays. Now, I've taught you before, baptism was actually mainstreamed at the time of first century Judaism. Jews got baptized all the time. When they went to temple, they would self-immerse three times prior to giving their gift in the, in the temple. But he has now got the Christian idea, Jesus' idea about baptism and where it plays and what it's about. So that's like the eunuch is saying this. What's to prevent me from being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the Water, and Philip baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. Now I've never had this happen. That would be sick, I'm just saying <laughs> um, the Spirit, they take, He takes Philip away. It's like a miracle, like transporter thing, like uh, Star Trek, right? Anyway, just thought I'd throw that in. <laughs> um, Philip splits, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way. What? Rejoicing. Rejoicing. Celebration is always what happens when you walk in the ways of God. By the way, uh, two church fathers, Eusebius and Irenaeus, say that uh, this eunuch was how he became the first uh, witness, if you will, to the nation of Ethiopia, and that's how the gospel gets to Ethiopia. Very likely true. Very likely true. The whole country, kind of like Liberia with us with water, kind of like the Fijian nation with us with water, the whole nation is impacted as a result of this chariot ride and. Philip's boldness and his faith and him hearing the Word of God. The eunuch goes on his way rejoicing. Super cool, super awesome. Now, uh, one of my favorite things that we ever do is our uh, all-church baptism. We do it down at the Bay. This is just a great shot. This is my neighbor, Trisha and her mom, and this is me in the middle, I have a hat on, so you may not recognize me because of my bald loveliness, whatever, um, but this is at the beach baptism last summer. And actually, Trisha and Patrick, her husband, and Connor, her son, and then her mom, all got baptized at that event. That's what it's all about, you guys. It's all about seeing lives changed, them getting baptized, them learning to listen to the Spirit, and then walk in the Spirit. And we're, at all of our campuses, we're going to have baptism forward. You guys can go to the page and sign up for it on, the, on newbreak.church. You can go up and sign up for baptism. If you have not been baptized since you began your relationship with Jesus, okay, very careful, eunuch, gets baptized after he accepts Christ into his life, gives himself over to Jesus, then he gets baptized. And it's, that's a, a symbol of like an outward reality that symbolizes an inward reality that your life now belongs to Jesus Christ. So if you haven't been baptized since then, I would challenge you, walk in the ways of Jesus. Don't get me in the way. Jesus said, go baptize everybody. <laughs> So, you know, you need to pray about it and sign up and your campus, well, there'll be baptisms and we'll figure it out in coronavirus world, we'll we'll deal with it as it comes along. So, look, when we put down our agenda and are faithful to obeying God's plan, even in the unknown, we are unstoppable because it's about what God is in fact doing and he's doing it all the time. Like on Monday when I was meeting with my doctor, uh, so... Dr. Dan, he finds out all about me, right? And he and he's actually kind of going through questions with me to make sure I'm a candidate for this uh, radical cystectomy, which is now, by the way, scheduled for uh, tax day, uh, which I think is super funny, uh, April fifteenth. Anyway, (laughs) it'll be done up at USC. I'll be in the hospital for four to seven days. Major surgery done with a three million dollar robot, which is trippy. Um, So just be little cuts. Uh, And they'll make everything inside of me, which is super cool. Anyway, so Dr. Dan, you know, he asks me all these questions. Then he goes out in the hallway and he meets Dr. Gill, and he starts talking about me to Dr. Gill. And this how this how he's he's this dude's filled with the spirit, man. So what he does to Dr. Gill is he sort of preloads Dr. Gill with who I am spiritually, not just medically. See, he, so it's bold, right? Like, it's bold. He's got the doc, the main doc, head of urology, chief urology at USC. He downloads him who I am as a pastor, as a, you know, now we have five campuses. We're doing these projects all around the world. So Dr. Gill, I've never had this happen in my life. Dr. Gill came into the room, and it was like he was super humbled to meet me. It was the weirdest thing I've ever had happen with a doctor. <laughs> he just came in, he was super authentic, super humble and everything, and, and uh, super, I'm sure he's always nice, but he was just super nice, very attentive to me, and it was scary for me. I mean, the whole idea of this uh, procedure is gnarly, so, uh, you know, it's scary, right? Um, so I have to lean into fear, not fa- uh, faith, not fear, right, even personally, Anyway, so you know, he, we'd spent about 45 minutes or an hour together now, Dan and, and Dr. Gill, whose first name is Indebir, and me. And then we're, we got up, like we were getting up because I, you know, I knew it was about to be over. So we stand up, and I knew I had one time uh, to be the kindness of God to Dr. Gill. And I knew some stuff was going on in his life because the Lord told me and I did some research and whatever. Anyway, what I did was when we stood up, I said to Dr. Gill, hey, Dr. Gill, would it be possible for me to pray for you, uh, to you know, pray God's blessing on you and your life and on your hands and your eyes and your mind, on the surgery, and, but on, in general? He practically started crying. I mean, literally. He just I could tell he was really close to breaking. And, and then he said, you have no idea how much this means to me. You, you couldn't possibly know. And so then Dan and I, like right there in this in the office, we just pray together and and you know, I just prayed a normal prayer for him, wisdom and anointing and blessing on his life, his family, his ministry. I always like to frame it that way by the way, even with people who don 't know Jesus yet that 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 they are in ministry, that what they 're doing is a ministry, and it was so cool, so we you know in Jesus' name amen, and then we walk out the door down the hallway and out loud, and there's people everywhere, Dr. Gill talks now openly. He says, he says, yeah, by the way, Dan, you know, uh, Dr. Dan, he's like our chaplain at this hospital. He's like our pastor in here. And I, it was just so cool. I mean, like, Dan, like, was shocked at this. And now it's outed in the whole bunch of people. So, so cool. But look, this is what God wants to do with all of us. Lean into the boldness. Listen to the Spirit, even when you don't know everything. Maybe particularly there. Uh, Lean into faith. I'm going to pray for us, okay? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Wherever you are, let's just pray for a moment. So Lord Jesus, I pray right now that you will equip us and empower us with this uh, message from Acts 8, this great story. It's not just there to be a great awesome story. It's there to teach us and show us how to live in your Spirit and how to listen to your Spirit, how to ask great questions, how to be bold, Lord, and to be bold with the gospel and be bold with our faith, be bold in the presence of people who are maybe scared, Lord. And we do pray, God, that you will help us not only New Break, you will help the church in the world because this is a global event. You will help the church in the world to be bold, to listen to you, and to speak out the truth in the midst of the chaos, God. Use us beyond our wildest dreams. Lord, Your Word says that You are able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or even imagine. According to Your glorious riches, Lord, let us walk in that. Let us be like Philip. Let us be the hands and the feet, the mouth and the ears and the eyes of Jesus on the earth, for your glory. Use us. Use us, God. We submit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next week.